Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Solo 2.0 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, the co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. And I'm Jess. I am the founder of Body Bliss by Jess and a holistic health and wellness coach. And this week we are sharing our episode with Jessie Golden, who is a beautiful human from the inside out. She is honestly the type of person that stops you in your tracks. She has the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen in my life. And truly, it was very distracting for us. We were like having trouble thinking of our next question yeah. because her eyes are so piercing. We listened it's, to it back and we're like, thank God we okay. sound normal. Yeah, hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> um, but honestly, she's so well-spoken. She's so calm and thoughtful, really, really positive and just like, the ultimate go-getter, but yet so calm. So she was very inspiring to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but more about Jesse, she is a devoted mother, a holistic health practitioner, a yoga teacher, author, and model. Since a young child, Jesse gravitated towards healing and spirituality, always searching and striving for authentic alternative ways to live. Through her many life challenges, including continuing to thrive with debilitating with the debilitating disease rheumatoid arthritis. She harnessed many spiritual, holistic, and natural remedies that helped her along the way. The importance of organic skincare and positive rituals became her daily practice, and through her personal formulated products, Jessie began to use them as tools to not only nourish and heal her skin, but to retrain her brain towards a more positive mindset. Reciting positive affirmations while applying her products became a self-love remedy that enhanced her already powerful products. So Jesse is also the creator of Golden Secrets. But before we get into that episode, we wanted to share our pearl of wisdom for the week. Yeah, so I'll start. And mine is based off of the fact that Jesse is such a believer in the power of positive affirmations. And I love that her brand, The Golden Secrets, comes with an affirmation with every product that you get. So a ritual that you can apply every single day. And with this, I actually came across an affirmation or a mantra, if you will, um, on Instagram, which I reposted and got a bunch of DMs. And it's something that I think many of us women especially can benefit from hearing. And it is um, to admire someone's beauty without questioning your own. So I'll say that again, admire someone's beauty without questioning your own. And I like this so much because so often, instead of looking at someone and just thinking, wow, they're beautiful, you know, good for them. We look at them and think, oh my gosh, they're so much more beautiful than I am. Or why don't I have, you know, abs like that or style like that or hair like that. And when we have those kinds of thoughts, the jealousy can be toxic to ourselves and others and can actually make us resentful of other women and judgmental of ourselves at the same time. 
And I think it's just a really good feeling to be genuinely happy for the way someone else looks and to understand that we all have unique and beautiful attributes in our own way. Mm -hmm. And there will never be anybody else who looks like us, which is actually really special. And that their beauty really doesn't have anything to do with our own. And so when we look at gorgeous women with captivating eyes like Jessie and compliment them from a genuine place, it not only feels better for you, but the other person can feel it too. So this is a mantra, like I said, I think we can all use from time to time. So hopefully it resonated with you too. Yeah. And in this episode, we talk a lot about Jessie's journey as an entrepreneur, um, being a single mom you know, modeling and then getting this diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. And she talks about how she had just always been someone who doesn't really accept help from other people that just like, she was so strong that it was like, no, I can get, I can do it all on my own. But once she was diagnosed with RA, it was like, she had to ask for help from other people. And that that's been just a huge lesson in her life. And I think that really resonated with me too, because you know, I'm going to talk about this from an entrepreneur perspective, but it applies to all people is just, you know, to avoid burnout, the reality that we need to accept and seek out help sometimes and delegate tasks, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's been a long period of our business where I've been like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it all, you know, save us money, Mm -hmm. but that's actually slowing down the business and our progress. And I hear time and time again, and I'm now experiencing since I have started to hire, you know, and bring on interns, the speed at which your business grows when you bring on other people that are strong in areas that you may not be, um, or just faster in different areas. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this with Jesse off air too, because we're all kind of entering that phase of our businesses of bringing, needing to bring on people and, and accept more help. And I just wanted to share that, um, Upwork has actually been a really awesome tool that I've used for our business. I found a couple of interns that way. I found a marketing assistant that way and a new virtual assistant. It's a super easy way to post a job. Um, or, you know, if you're looking for a job to post about your skills. So that's why the flip side of this is if you're somebody who is in a job, maybe that you hate, or you're looking for your next step, I think a site like Upwork or other freelance sites is a really smart place to post. Think about what skills you can take freelance, um, what skills you have, um, that you've earned in whatever jobs you've had and, you know, post a resume and see who's looking. Everything is virtual now. So, you know, with very little effort, we can find help. We can get some part-time work. And I just think that that has been a huge lesson in my life recently. Um, I've just delegating out and yeah, helping, you know, bringing on more support. So hope that's helpful in some way for all of you. And we cannot wait for you to listen to this extremely inspiring story from Jesse Golden. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you here, Jesse, because I was just talking to Rai about how I found out about you and Golden Secrets, and I was trying to remember, and I realized it was that I went to a wellness event, and your essential oil perfume, the Golden Secrets, was in this like beautiful silk golden bag, <laughs> and it's the only thing I remember from that swag bag, because I was like, oh my gosh, and and I was thinking there, this has to be like a toxic perfume because it's so pretty and like, <laughs> it's got that like elegant look that you don't really find with the natural stuff. And then 
I looked into it and it was all essential oils, like beautiful ingredients. And I am like a recovered migraine, um, like chronic migraine sufferer. And so, and I cured my migraines about two and a half, three years ago. And ever since then, I haven't been able to wear perfume Mm -hmm. because that always triggers me. And yours is the first one that I've worn in like three years. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so I was so excited and I love that I just pop it in my little clutch when I go out. It looks really sexy and it makes me just so happy Mm. that I can actually like put something on my wrists and behind my ears and my neck and actually feel like I smell good. And, (laughs) and on top of it, it's all natural. So then I reached out to you to see if you would want to collaborate on the passion project event I did, which was like a sexual female sexuality event. And it was the perfect fit. Everyone loved it. And I did a little stalking on you and was like, oh my gosh, she's so inspiring. And so we wanted to have you on and just talk about all of the things and, and dive into who you are and, and what, you know, prompted you to start Golden Secrets and where that all came from. So I think that's really where we want to start is to have us, uh, have you take us back a little bit and, um, dive into how that all came to be and how you describe what you do to people as well. Uh-huh, that's a little complicated. Because <laughs> it's so many yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, let's start with how you describe yourself to people when you who aren't familiar with all the things you do. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> uh, my brain is just like... Psh, psh, psh. Yeah. I just, uh, I just heard this... Um, this uh, amazing podcast actually that Dr. Zach Bush talks about. I actually had him on my show, but he talks about how we label ourselves and we have these um, titles that we stick by. So when you said that, I instantly thought, well, I'm a single mother, yoga Mm -hmm. teacher, holistic health practitioner. I have all these titles, thriving with rheumatoid arthritis. I have an organic skincare and wellness line. So it is a lot of things. I think depending on who asks me, I kind of curate the answer Mm -hmm. for them. Um, but I started the golden secrets. Do you want me to talk about that? Sure. How I started it. So, um, I actually created the signature blend that you're talking about in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was really, really lucky to have a mentor who was my cousin and who planted so many seeds in my life. She's introduced me to essential oils in high school and planted the seeds for yoga. She was a yoga, she became a yoga teacher before me. Um, and so I was immediately playing with essential oils and noticing that there was like certain qualities and feelings that I could get from it and heal myself, whether I needed calming or energizing or whatever it was. So I was always playing with them. And I was always deterred towards toxic perfumes. Like you talk about getting headaches. Like even now, like when I'm around people that wear really strong perfumes, I'm like, oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. So, um... I had been wearing that forever and everybody would always ask me what I was wearing and it was my secret and it was my golden secret and mm. I kept it secret for like, you know, almost, gosh, 20 years or something. Whoa. Wow. And um, at the time, I would say probably like 10 years ago, I started a blog called The Golden Secrets and what um, motivated, motivated me to do that was, um, I think you guys know that I have rheumatoid arthritis, or that there is rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. I was diagnosed with it about 11 years ago. Um, and I went through this whole healing crisis and 
word got out that I had healed myself. And this was before, now you know you can go on YouTube, you can go on Instagram, and there's a hashtag for autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. and rheumatoid arthritis. Back then, nobody was talking about it. So it kind of made headlines, so to speak. I was on the cover of New York Times magazine, and I started sharing my story. That you know, I changed it to I'm thriving with rheumatoid arthritis because I still have it. But I started to get all these messages from Facebook and people emailing me. This was pre-Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it would keep me up at night because I, these people were suffering. They had just been diagnosed, whether it was rheumatoid arthritis or some other chronic disease. And I felt obligated to answer them because I, I knew what that felt like. It was so vulnerable and scary. But at the same time, I was a single mother and I was working full time. And it was just impossible mm. for me to answer everybody. So I started a blog called The Golden Secrets, and I basically started just answering the common questions that people were asking, you know, diet, yoga, and then it eventually transpired into parenting and um, spirituality and beauty. And so I had developed this whole audience through um, my blog, and I was just sharing, you know, my all all my whatever any any golden secret I was just sharing Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine who I really admire he said you know you should bottle that stuff that everybody always wants to know and put it on your website and start making some money with this traffic you have Mm -hmm. and I literally thought it was the dumbest idea really yeah I was like that is the dumbest idea (laughs) and then immediately my ego took over and goes I don't want everyone smelling like me. Uh, I don't want everyone knowing my golden secret. <laughs> and then I kind of thought about it, and I was like, this is all I do. This is my mission. This is my passion. I love sharing what works for me. And this little bottle, as ridiculous as it is, has been with me on basically my entire journey. And it's a reminder every time I pull it out to just tune in and check in with myself. So that's why I launched it, and then I attached these affirmations to it because I didn't want it to just be another perfume or essential oil. I wanted it to be a tool to bring you into yourself and bring the awareness into yourself and kind of switch the dialogue, which a lot of us have a negative dialogue Mm -hmm. and kind of switch the dialogue and and have a little ritual of of daily self-love, you know? so beautiful it's a really great idea it's just beautifully (laughs) executed I want to dive definitely more into your line and where you're at with it today and entrepreneurship in general but I'd love to go back to your earlier days um, because I'm curious you said you were on the cover of the New York Times you had good traffic to your blog so what sort of were your early career experiences and maybe even before that did you have uh, signs of being an entrepreneur, having an entrepreneurial spirit when you were a kid, or what were some early skills or interests that you had that ultimately kind of led to maybe where you are today? (laughs) I think the fact that I'm stubborn and I don't like listening to people kind of put me in the direction of, well, I'm going to have to have my own business. But my mom had her own business. She had a dance studio for 46 years, and she was also a single mother. So I watched her, I admired her, how she balanced everything. And she always did it with so much grace and class. She wasn't complaining and, and um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I think in the long, you know, I, that's what I grew up with, but I realize now that I think she had a huge impact, obviously, on me, or that had a huge impact. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so your mom was an entrepreneur, so that yeah. was an early inspiration for you, just maybe part of how you kind of eventually got into being an entrepreneur, having that example of a classy woman who 
could run her own business. Were you into any entrepreneurial ventures when you were younger or what were you into like in high school and after high school? So I, I feel like I was always kind of like, um, a trendsetter or like leading the way. Cause like I said, I had an older cousin who was always planting these unusual seeds in my life. So I was kind of bringing it to, to my, um, peers, but, um, I was a ballerina cause my mom had a dance studio. So I grew up dancing and I danced my entire life. And then I transitioned, um, eventually I transitioned into yoga, became a yoga teacher, but for a living, I was a model. And that's what I did for a living. And um, it took me a really long time to embrace it. But I, so I started modeling when I was 18 for a living. And it's crazy because I literally didn't fully embrace it until I became pregnant, which is when most people think their career is over. Mm. Um, what was it about modeling that you couldn't fully embrace? Well, it was very shallow. Um, and, you know, all the stereotypes, you know, that, that you could imagine, it was... It was very empty. I didn't like being judged just on the way I looked. You know, I was used to being critiqued and judged on my ability as a ballerina. So that kind of made me bulletproof, Mm. almost to the point where I thought modeling was such a joke. It didn't hurt me. I just thought it was ridiculous, you know? Um, Well, and after the pain of being a ballerina and how hard that is, we did it as a young, young child, and it was intense. Like, I can't imagine how long did you, were you a ballerina till 18? Yeah, and then I still took class. I I was living in Miami at the time. I would take class with the Miami City Ballet, and even when I moved here, I continued taking class. I haven't taken class in probably, like, two years, but Mm -hmm. I'll still put my point shoes on and make sure I can still. Like, now that you see it, I around. totally see I you see as a ballerina. It. Of course. <laughs> yes. Beautiful, so tall. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. But in comparison, I can imagine after all that hard work, maybe modeling just felt, like you said, maybe like a joke or it was yeah. just too easy. Yeah. But at the same time, I did it because it equaled freedom. I, I moved to, uh, going back, so I grew up in Chicago and I went to Florida on spring break when I was 17 and I never came home. I thought, this is it, I'm staying here, and, and that's it. And I never, I literally never went back home. So At um, 17? At 17. Oh, my God. Yeah. How did you, who did you live with? Well, my aunt lived in Florida, so I lived with her for a little bit, and she had a furniture store. I worked at the furniture store. Oh. And then I started cleaning houses. And it was really interesting, because I was doing all these things that were kind of, like, awful, but... At least I had freedom and I was by yeah. myself. And, and honestly, the da- I needed a break from dance. My regimen, my daily schedule was so loaded my entire life that I didn't really get to be a kid. And I, I missed out on a lot of regular things. So when I left at 17, I was just happy to be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And um, that's exactly why I ev- eventually embraced modeling when I thought, okay, I can actually do this. To me, it was freedom because I, I was paying my own bills starting at 17, and I didn't really have to work that much. You know, mm-hmm. you don't work that much. You audition and stuff, but you really only work a couple days a week. So, um, uh, but going back to when I said I finally embraced it, um, when I became a mother, because something changes. It's so interesting when you get pregnant. I mean, women talk about this all the time, but I, I really came into my own as a woman as well for the first time. 
And I was just so proud for the first time. I was like, oh, I can't wait to show this belly off. And it was just when like the companies were starting to actually show real bellies. Prior to that, they would use normal models and they would just put a belly bump on them. But Gap and all these big companies just started actually showing a woman's belly, which was kind of Whoa. like, woo, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would literally just model my belly all day. Oh. <laughs> it was so much fun. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that makes me, so there's so many questions. My brain is going crazy too. There's so many ways we can go with this, but, um, at what point was it while you were modeling that you found out that you had RA or that you were diagnosed and what were some of the signs and symptoms that led you to start that process of seeing doctors and trying to figure out what was going on? Right. Well, the crazy thing is, is, um, to myself and to, to my family and friends, I was considered the epitome of health. You know, just the short history that I told you so far, like I was a ballerina. Um, I actually became a vegetarian at age 11. I gave birth to my son naturally at home. You know, I breastfed. I did every... I was like this crazy hippie chick. And, you know, I was at Air One when it was still... Dragon Herbs was still there. Like, I was like the first one sitting at the bar, hanging out with... Uh, there was this guy named... Uh, like reishi or something. I was like, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, um, so I actually got diagnosed when my son was just turning four, which is, um, for, for women, it's more likely to get diagnosed after you have a kid. I think there's, has to do with the, uh, hormone fluctuation. So I was still modeling, and um, supporting my son that way. And I had just started my yoga certification. And I love telling this story because it really is the epitome of, of yoga. Because of my ballet background, day one when I walked into a yoga studio, I could do all the things. I could do all the poses. I trained my entire life as a ballerina. So for me to put my legs behind my head or do scorpion, that all came easy. The stuff that I needed to work on was the internal stuff. There's eight asana, there's eight um, parts of yoga, eight limbs to yoga, and one of them is the asana, the pose, which is the practice and what we here focus on a lot in Western um, culture. Um, and I had just started my four-month yoga teacher training when I got diagnosed, and literally day two, my body gave up. I, w- I walked in like a 90-year-old you know, unhealthy person just kind of shuffling in. And none of my peers got to see all my tricks or that I could even do a basic yoga class. And I asked my teachers, you know, listen, I just got diagnosed. I don't know what's going on. My body shut down like so fast. It came on so quick. And, you know, they said, of course, you can continue to do it as long as, you know, you're here. So I had to sit on the sidelines while all my peers practiced every day, which was the most uncomfortable place for me to be for so many reasons. I transmuted everything in my life through movement my entire life. Sitting still was not my thing. But had that not happened to me during that time of my life, I would have never learned the true meaning of yoga and all these other aspects that I have now taken into the rest of my life. So it was a blessing in disguise. And I still talk about you know, rheumatoid arthritis in general has been a blessing, and I've always looked at it that way. It encouraged me to become a holistic health practitioner. It encouraged me to write a book. It, everything that I've done since I got diagnosed has really um, been because of my diagnosis. It really brings you 
into your body, into the present moment all the time. You know, you have to be hyper aware. So for those who don't know what RA is, can you give us a little bit of a summary and and what does that look like and how does it manifest in a healthy person's body? Because I think a lot of times you hear the word rheumatoid arthritis and you think of an older person, Yeah, you know, and you don't necessarily think of someone who's young and vibrant and mobile. Um, So I would love to hear your perspective. I hate the name. It's so interesting because you're right. People think of osteoarthritis. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of controversy even about what rheumatoid arthritis is and what creates it and if it's genetic and if it's not. And I'm kind of wishy-washy about my own theory. Um, But if you were to look it up in, in medical language books, they say it's an autoimmune disease and it's systemic, so it affects the entire body, not just the joints. So it affects all the synovial joints, which is any joint that bends, but it also affects your heart, your lungs, your eyes, everything. And um, some of the symptoms are like swelling and aching joints, tiredness, like to the point of, you know, even if you had a good night's sleep, you still wake up exhausted. Weight loss, exhaustion, you can can, um, have a low-grade fever because it is an infection of the body. And... um, One of my favorite statistics I like to share, so I'm at year 11, and 60% of people that are diagnosed 10 years later are considered completely disabled. So over time, what happens is the inflammation starts damaging the joints, which makes you unable to do daily activities. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what did that look like for you? So when I first got... um, diagnosed. Well, that that's what's so interesting is I think I went undiagnosed for years because I was kind of used to living in pain as a ballerina. Mm. I was taught to live in pain. I was taught to ignore the pain. I was taught to ignore every signal in my body. You know, in fact, if I did get sick or if something was wrong, my mom would say, go to the studio and sweat it out. So I lived my entire life by pushing through things mm. instead of maybe taking a step back and changing things. So I went undiagnosed for a long time. I always had an excuse as to why I was tired. I was a single mom. I was breastfeeding, all these things. And eventually, you know, I went from one doctor to the next normal doctor. I got a blood test, my homeopathic doctor. I went to all these different doctors. I had an Ayurveda practitioner. And um, I finally got randomly diagnosed. I met with this doctor whose mother had rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know what? I think I'm going to send you to a rheumatologist. And I said, what is that? Like th- like you said, it, it was mm-hmm. like an old person doctor or something, you know? <laughs> um, and sure enough, I found out I had the RA factor. And what they believe in Western culture is they like to um, treat it really aggressively right away because you have more likelihood for it to go into remission. So they give you a cocktail of like methotrexate and... Um, TNF blockers, which is basically chemotherapy. So I did. That's what I did originally. And I got every negative side effect that there was. And the line became blurred between what is the symptoms of the disease and what is the medication. So after giving that a try, it's almost like I needed to try it so that I could get my family and friends to support me going the holistic way. Mm -hmm. See, you guys, like it's making me worse. I need, you know, so I went on this journey for a year. I hired a macrobiotic, um, practitioner by the name of Mina Dobik. 
Um, she's written an amazing book, and she studied under a guy um, by the name of Michio Kushi, and she had healed herself from stage five cancer like 30 years ago, and she had given they had given her three months to live. And um, so she was my counselor, and she guided me and created this whole diet. And in macrobiotics, it's fascinating because I thought I was healthy. I was a vegetarian, and I was doing my thing. And it's so interesting because in that moment, that's when I first realized that my healthy might not be your healthy. And I started really diving into this whole thing. And it's not just the food. It's the energy of the food. It's the food in the, the other food in the cupboard. It's the energy on the pots and pans, meaning if you cook meat on that pot, you should cook only vegetables on the other pot. And, you know, body scrubbing and organic clothing and having rubber soles on your feet all the time is no good. All these other um, holistic modalities came into my life. And my entire day was regimen from like ginger scrubs to certain tonics and certain times of the day because they actually have this clock where there's certain times of the day that um, is associated with each organ. So you're going to drink this liver tea at three o'clock because that's the best time. And so my entire day was regimen. They believe it takes 90 days from your bo- for your body to go from acid to alkaline, so you often get worse before you get better. And I had somewhat of a what they call a healing crisis, where you discharge anything bad that you've ever put into your body, hmm. you know, and from antibiotics to medications to cigarettes to drinking, you know, your entire life. You cough up black stuff. I mean, it was insane. Oh. Black stuff comes out of oh, your nose. You get goodness. a fever. And um, once I got through that. My brain had never felt more clear. My eyes were never more clear. I really felt invigorated, but my body had yet to catch up. And the only way that I could explain it is I was like the tin man. And for somebody that had relied on their body and movement for their entire life, it was like the worst lesson, but it was really the only way that I was really going to learn. So I spent a lot of time um, having to sit with my own thoughts and cutting back to you know why I wanted to have that message behind the golden secrets, I started noticing my own internal dialogue and how critical I was of myself, even if I wasn't verbalizing it. And I think a lot of it does come back to the dance room and staring at myself in these large mirrors my entire life, judging myself. And if I'm not judging myself, the teacher's critiquing everything I do. So this became almost like poison to my body. And um, the signals got worse and worse until um, I had no choice to listen, and that was when I was completely bedridden. Mm. I didn't walk for almost a year, and um, and this is while you have a young child. Yeah, yeah. And were you able to work at all? You know what? It's interesting. I did one job, which is kind of crazy. Um, but cutting back to like having a kid, I also talk about that. That was part of my healing was allowing people to help me mm-hmm. because that was so uncomfortable mm. for me. It was like all the things that I had avoided my entire life. I'm independent. I don't need anybody. I can push through anything. I'm bulletproof. Rheumatoid arthritis said, guess what? We're going to knock you on your ass. You're going to have to rely on everybody. And you're mm-hmm. not bulletproof. And everything bothers you, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so those were huge lessons for me. But on the tail end of me going through this journey, I had dropped so much weight because when you're eating so clean, I mean, my whole diet, I had a a chef actually, I spent my entire life savings up to that point to heal myself. I had a chef seven days a week 
because I couldn't physically do it. My hands weren't working. So, um, um, I also had, you know, and anything you could imagine, you know, I just finished yoga certification. So everybody had a guy that could cure me. And I was like, okay, I had like a blind shiatsu guy I had a guy from Mexico with this healing clay that he would put on my joints. I had like, you name it. I had a guy and I was just trying everything yeah. under the sun and everything. It's so interesting because everything comes back to, you know, after you search all the, all over the place, the only way out is in. Mm. It all came back to those little moments where I was just by myself and changing that internal dialogue. And, um, you know, it's, it's still a constant process. I still have the diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. I actually just got re-diagnosed last week because no. I haven't been, I haven't had a blood work to retest you know, and so I was like, maybe we should just test for it again to see if I, and she said, well, I have good news and bad news. I'm like, okay, well, at least I have it and my whole life hasn't been a lie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um. And you know how to handle it or approach it now. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's the journey. Yeah. You know, it's different every day and it keeps me humble and it keeps me, um, a, a humble student and it keeps me evolving. You know, what worked one day might not work the next day and. Mm -hmm. I think it's such an important lesson too that you're not defined by this autoimmune you yes. know that it's like you may have it but it's not you yeah. and you are not it and that can be hard for people because I think that not to say that we use illness or disease as a crutch but sometimes sometimes we can yeah. you know it's like I have this thing that's wrong with me and therefore I cannot thrive and I can't you know, I can't run like I used to, or I can't enjoy being out with people the way that I used to, or I'll never be able to have a child again. Like mm. that's just, I, I am my disease because you can go on to Google or you can see a doctor and you can find out the worst yeah. and you can choose to believe the worst or you can choose to do what you did, which is to say, no, like this isn't, I'm not a product of of RA and I'm going to do whatever it takes to change my life and to get beyond it and get to the point where you are thriving and you look at you and you would never know, mm. you know, you're beautiful, you're active on Instagram. It's like, we can see you're doing yoga every day. You're such a positive light. And I think that that's so should be so encouraging and motivating for anybody who's struggling with, um, an autoimmune or a disease or an injury you know, I know Rye has been through some injuries this year too that have kind of held you back and you've still continued to figure out what you can do Yeah, to move through it. Yeah, I'm curious, just real quick, the timeline too. What age were you when you had your son, mm -hmm. your son, and then what age when you had this diagnosis? So I was 25 when I got pregnant and then I got diagnosed at 29. Okay. And then... At what point did you start your blog to start helping people with this? I think it was like, I want to say 33, 32, 33. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just curious what, obviously you had so much interest with the blog, and I know that's so much about who you are and the messaging that you put out there, but what do you think was the most powerful part of, of, um, of your blog and what people responded to the most? Because it just seems like... I mean, I was just diagnosed with an autoimmune, like a rare autoimmune disorder, and it's nice to have an answer, but you're told there, there is no cure. Mm -hmm. Everyone has different information, like Jess was saying, and I'm just constantly looking for support, guidance, and yeah. so I can imagine 
why your blog was so popular. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly it. Is just having feeling not knowing you're not alone, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one thing that I've always had that I'm that has really I've really utilized in the last couple of years is I'm eternally optimistic, and I think overall the overall picture, whether you go to my blog or whatever, it's like, you guys, life is really hard. Mm-hmm. Life is challenging. The lessons never end. Shit is going to continue to fly at you. And the only power you have is how you choose to look at it. And that's really overall, like, you know, what I try. I'm not saying if you eat this, you're going to cure yourself. Like, no, like the, the lessons are going to continue to come. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think just to go back, Jess, what you were talking about before, m- my new mantra, because I even caught myself a little bit where you know, I'm doing podcasts like this and I'm retelling stories and I want to inspire. So I share, you know, these horrible statistics sometimes because I really want to put things into perspective. But my new mantra right now is I'm literally telling this rheumatoid arthritis, thank you for the lesson. I'm good. I don't need you anymore. Like you don't have to hang out. Like I did the book and I did like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important. Like you said, I think people get attached to these horrible things and they relive it and relive it and relive it. And then, you, you know, your body coincides with that, with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to you uh, talking about your maybe negative self-talk being poisoned to you, do you think that that is the real root of where this developed? Or do you even know? Do you even well? I mean, on that? there's so many theories. I definitely think that that's a huge aspect. I Louise Hay was a huge mentor in my life, and she wrote a book called um, "You Can Heal Your Life." And she associated every ailment with um, an agreement that you made with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like cancer, for instance, is is lack of self-love or self-hate or festering anger and like depending on where it is like if it's throat cancer like maybe you're not speaking your truth right you're swallowing things your entire life you know so it, that really made sense to me um and she says rheumatoid arthritis is self-criticism and it really mm-hmm. struck a chord with me and i was like wow and that is my personality you know i do something and then I break it down as to why it's not good. And then I'm on to the next, you know, and it's never enough. It's never good enough, you know. Yeah. Um, so this is a constant practice. And we actually have to practice it all the time. Hence why I really wanted to put these positive affirmations associated with each product. Because every woman and some men do these regular things every day. They put lotion or oil on their body, they put perfume or cologne on, they wash their face. Now, what if you took that moment and you associated it with saying something positive to yourself? I am beautiful, I'm worthy, I'm strong, I'm grounded, I'm compassionate. Mm -hmm. And so then the practice becomes a mindful ritual that you do every single day. And you begin to rewire your brain. We're actually wired for the negative Mm -hmm. as a survival mechanism. So this is something that it's endless, you know. I have not mastered it. I probably never master it. But just being aware of it is is how you start practicing it. Yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, why is this happening to me? It's so weird and rare and out of nowhere. And then I am having to start doing more work, you know, yes. spiritually. I'm not really 
religious person or a spiritual person and I know I have this feeling that like that's the one thing I haven't really delved into as much and so but you're becoming a lot more open to it I am no I'm totally mm-hmm. open to it and I think um mantras and affirmations and that I don't really consider that, that uh, is every everyone should do for sure but maybe some of the more woo stuff in LA I'm kind of like okay I'll try everything just to kind of understand where is this coming from but I think overall it is a lot of just like needing to build up your esteem more and, um, you know, reducing those, those negative thoughts and, um, criticism. I'm the same way, like you were saying, and nothing's ever good enough and breaking it all down. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I'm curious if you have a daily routine, um, beyond, cause I know mantras, affirmations you mentioned are a big part of, um, what you're about, but a daily routine that helps set you up for a positive mindset mm-hmm. or any little rituals, anything that you've developed that has been helpful. I'm kind of on a pretty tight path right now. Uh, I was going through some health stuff, and whenever I don't feel good, you know, that's the thing, too. <clears throat> I read this quote once, and it said, people living with rheumatoid arthritis are actually the healthiest in the world mm. because they have to be because we're so sensitive. Like, if I do certain things that my other friends do, like go out and drink and eat all this horrible stuff, I'm going to literally feel it the next day. They might not feel it for 10 years. Mm. So it kind of keeps you on this tight ship. And when my body isn't responding how I want, I tighten everything up. The sicker I am, the cleaner I get. So I'm on this really tight ship right now. I get up at 7 because I take my son to school. Um, and I'm on the celery juice bandwagon. Yeah. And then- <laughs> you notice the difference? Yeah, have you noticed? Um, you know where I've noticed the difference is um, digestion. Like, I've never had an issue with going to the bathroom, but... Nothing like I am good, you know, and I learned this when I was in macrobiotics um, and, and I was shocked at this, but I talk about a little, a little bit about this in my book, but in macrobiotics, you eat three times a day and there's certain times that you eat and it should take you about an hour to eat because you should chew your food to liquid, which mm-hmm. is crazy for mm. people, right? So hard to do. Right. But it slows everything down. Absolutely. Who's got time to do that, though? Sometimes, you know, you, you think. But then you should actually go to the bathroom 20 minutes after you eat. And I was on this regular schedule. So you, as you eat as much as you go to the bathroom. So long story short, celery juice is definitely helping with that. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing that, that you have. <laughs> that's the first thing that okay. I have. Yeah, and, that's, and that in itself, you know, I love bringing mindfulness into everything that I do. So you can look at it as... Oh God, I got to clean this stupid juicer and wash the celery and do this whole, it's such a thing. I got to say that that's what stopped me. Right? Right? (laughs) Well, I, me too. For a while I was like just buying it, but it's not as fresh and it's not good. So I just changed my idea on it. And I'm like, you know what? This is like a little meditation and I've become so efficient on how I do it. And I prepping the celery prior, like washing it, cleaning it, have it in your fridge ready to go is so much easier. Sure. Um, but even washing it, I just kind of like make it a little ritual and, and, and I don't dread it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wait about 20 minutes, um, and I make coffee and, and then I do get on the, the phone and I get some work done. Um, and it depends on the day, you know, I work from home. I run the golden secrets out of my house. So it depends on the day, but I do work a lot. And um, my saving grace is getting into nature. That's like the one thing that I 
have to do every single day, whether it's just sitting in the sun for 20 minutes, opening up my eyes, taking some deep breaths, letting the sun hit my skin. I live really close to the beach, so I'm super lucky I could just go walk on the beach. It's as soon as my feet hit, hit the sand, my entire energy shifts. Mm-hmm. It's like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I could be so stressed out about work and da da da. da. And then as soon as I hit the sand, I just give it to Mother Nature. And um, I love doing walking meditations and I get really clear. And then the rest of the day, honestly, um, I'm pretty fluid. You know, I've, I, I think um, being a model my entire life really allowed me to become adaptable because you never know when your next job is. You never know when your next audition is. So it really learned, I taught, I learned how to be fluid and and kind of go with the flow. So if my son comes home with a bunch of friends and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not going to get any work done or, you know, I kind of just, you know, like to go with the flow. And then, um, you know, nighttime, I do my little nighttime rituals with the golden secrets and get my boyfriend involved usually. And that's what time do you go to bed? You know, I've been going to bed pretty late. Yeah. I don't really sleep as that much, um, to be honest with you. As much as I feel like I should, but I have really great energy, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we probably get into bed at like 10, 30, 11. Oh, it's not yeah. too late. But then we might watch something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like midnight. Totally later. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. It's hard when you have a good show. Yeah. It's like, just one more. But you know what? <laughs> it's like, it's the only time that I really just, I don't even care what I'm watching. I get to lay with my loved one and not be working and you know that in itself is is so important mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get so regimen and you know mm-hmm. they get so uptight and and set in their ways and you know and you can't watch tv because I mean, everything's gonna kill you and all this stuff and it's just like you gotta find a happy balance like I'm doing as much as I can to be healthy and healing and holistic but you also have to allow yourself to have some fun. And- well, oh, because yeah. if you're trying to do everything that everybody recommends, at some point, maybe you're doing every holistic practice that's out there and you're avoiding blue light screens, you know, exactly two hours before bed and you're making sure to meditate before it's bed. It's so hard. You know, and it's you're like... You're like stressing me out. It, it, it's, that's my <laughs> point. Know, it's I like, are, at what cost? Like, are you so stressed out that by trying to accomplish all of these things that all of a sudden, like... You're more stressed. You're, yeah, you're more stressed and it's starting to, like, come out and in your body as well. So I know that's a big thing for me and the clients that I work with is like, if you're going to a workout that you dread or you're meditating, but you're like, can't wait to get through this. I'm just like doing it to check it off my list. You're probably doing your body more harm than good. And it's okay to allow yourself those things that make you feel good that maybe are on like the quote unquote naughty list, but. And it might just be the cure. Like I'm on this bandwagon right now. We have this new house. We have this beautiful table outside and I'm like, People have just been randomly coming over and then staying for dinner. And I'm like, I, and I, the rest of my day goes to shit. I forget about what I'm doing. But that's so healing. Like, just being around other people and souls and eating together. And, you know, that's a huge part that I feel like we're missing in this world. You know, that yeah. kind of European Connection. culture of, of connecting and eating together and, you know. Laughing. Laughing. And, and it doesn't even matter. Um, I keep referencing Dr. Zach Bush, but he's like my favorite human on the planet. But he talks about how in his entire 
existence is all about microbiome and soil health and food. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he goes, it's not even about the food. It's about who you're sharing the meal with. Mm. So like, even if you're drinking wine or smoking cigarettes, like they do in Greece and you're eating cheese and all this stuff, if you're laughing and you're with family and you're connecting, that makes you healthy. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. No one talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I think that we just take life too seriously too. Mm -hmm. Even if we are potentially feeling good or we found a lifestyle that we think works for us, that one, and I'm so guilty of this, but finding a way of eating where you're like, okay, this is me. I'm feeling like I have the best energy of my life. These symptoms are, you know, reducing. I'm, I'm on my game with all of this. And then at some point it's like, you realize that you are so rigid and you're, you put yourself in this box that once you, you know, someone comes over and decides that maybe they want to stay, it's like, this isn't part of my nightly routine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's this, not on my calendar. This isn't it. Yes. What do I do? Yes. And, and, and you don't know how to relax and just live in the moment. And that's something that I'm really trying to work on personally. Um, and rise, help me with Listen. that. Loosening up a bit. Yeah, I'm loosening up a bit and just going with the flow because I tend to have that sort of like all or nothing where it's like, no, but I feel so good and I don't feel restricted and I don't need to do that. I don't need to go out, you know, but it's like, no, maybe that's just me, what I'm telling myself. Mm. It sounds like you have a a maybe more flexible approach to entrepreneurship or flexible with yourself, like you said. I'm curious what the experience of being an entrepreneur has been like since you first put that product up there and if it has just kind of been more natural to you. Uh, There's so much to talk about in this realm because you have since developed this whole line. You've written a book. like. (laughs) So what has been your approach to being an entrepreneur? What has the experience been like? It's one of the most challenging things for me because it's not my comfort zone. Mm. You know, I live in the spiritual ethereal world and I've had to ground myself. I mean, since a kid, I remember, oh, I have to live this human life. (laughs) I have to be normal, you know, and business is, I mean, just to give you an idea, this story cracks me up. When I first started, my friend said, what are your margins? Do you guys know what a margin is? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so a margin is like if you have a product, like what are you what are you selling it for right. versus like how much it costs to make. Yeah. And I paused and closed my eyes, as if I was intuitively going to come up with a number. <laughs> like that's how far off business is for me. And he goes, No, Jesse, it's a math calculation. Yeah. It's not something it's not gonna you come intuitively. To you. <laughs> and like so, that's my realm of businesshood. Okay. And so every single day, I am really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I love sharing products that work for me and that's my driving force. All the stuff and hard work in between is is like <laughs> just taking my soul. Yeah. You know, I I can't wait till it gets to a place where I can kind of pass the torch to somebody that actually enjoys that mm-hmm. part of it. You know, it's kind of like going to school where it's this love-hate, you know, when I'm in the process of having to do all these things I don't like, I'm just, you know, frustrated. Like, why can't I just play with my family right now or do something I like? You know, but it is part of it, and I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad that I have learned as much as I have. So when it does come to the time where I hire somebody, I actually know what I'm doing. So I've really forced myself to learn all aspects of the business from you know, building the website to, I make everything. I still hand make everything, oh. hand making all the products and, and doing all the customer service and, 
you know, all the writing for it. I mean, everything you see, I do. I just actually hired a girl um, two days a week to help me do some fulfilling. But other than that... Finally, you've been <laughs> truly doing this all by yourself. You've not had a team. You've not. No team. So there was no going to a manufacturer or you have just made it always out of your home. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I did not expect that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Crazy. I actually yeah. knew that, but yeah. I. <laughs> That's why when you were like, oh, we get to bring the oil. I was like, I don't know if I have any yeah. made right now. Oh, I yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. Um, that's that's crazy. I mean, I can't imagine. So what does your day look like when you're making the perfumes and how often are you doing that? What is that process like? Um, are there, and, and also like, can you tell us a little bit more about what the essential oils are that you use? Yeah. So I kind of have a, a system going on now where I make a batch about a gallon every month of each product So I'll spend an entire day just making product. And I usually do that by myself. And, you know, that was the beginning of why, too, I was so excited to share it. It was like making a home-cooked meal. I put love and affirmation, and I'm listening to beautiful music and mantras, like, while I'm doing it. So that that is a whole day in itself of just making product. And then filling it is another day. Um... And then, and then my day-to-day is usually just fulfilling orders and doing like website stuff and behind the scenes and things that you don't realize that putting out fires and, you know, I'm things sure. you don't even realize. But as far as the actual products, um, everything's organic and um, um, you were just talking about essential oils. I do have one product that's essential oil free for people that don't like essential oh, okay. oils. Um, so everything is... is, is to help you heal, but also has a beautiful aroma. And of course, everything comes with a positive affirmation card. And I have, I don't even know how many products I have now that I make. I think I make eight or nine from body. Um, but everything's everything's multi-purpose. So that is another thing that I love sharing is, so like if you get the goddess shaping oil, it's not only for your body, but it's great for your hair. It's great for your face. There's mul- Everything's multi-purpose. So I think a lot of times the industry has sold, especially women, that they need 9 million things yeah. for their mm-hmm. face, you know, and it's like, I use the Youth Beauty face oil and I use the Heal All oil and that's really it, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think you need as much as we've been told. And the Heal All oil is multi-purpose. You can use it for your hair, your body, your face, you know, so that was really important to me. And when you go back to the natural products, you can do that. There's no toxins in it, yeah. it's, you know. And so it's, um, yeah, it's my golden secret. So it started <laughs> with the essential oil perfume. Yes. And then you added on body products and, and the other face oil. Yep, yeah, body products. I have two, I actually have two perfume rollers. The other one is called Kaleo after my son. Oh, okay. And it's considered the masculine blend, but um, it's just a little bit more. So the signature blend is more like the feminine divine, and then the Kaleo is more the masculine divine. But they're all unisex for men, women, and anybody else, and um, just kind of helps balance the energy within. So it's not as floral. It's a little bit more rooty. What are some of the testimonials that you've got from people that have used your product? These are my favorite. I was just looking today, actually. Um, 
I was on this other website. You know, sometimes I creep. I do my investigating in other skincare lines. Yeah, of course. And there was, like, one review. And I'm like, how are they so successful? They have one review. And I look at mine. I had, like, 77 reviews on one product. And I just started reading them. And I am just blown away. You know, I mean, anything from... Like, my one girlfriend's like, I got pregnant because of the signature blend. You know, like, literally, um, I found my boyfriend. Really? How? Um, Because they smelled so good. (laughs) So the signature blend is actually based on an ancient formula to entice love and romance. So there is, you know, I always love going back to the ancient um, formulations. All my products are based on that. So the face oil goes back to Egyptian times. There's heliochrysum in it, which is called which is called the immortal flower. It's a flower that never dies. And Cleopatra used it. Like these are ancient formulas cool. that have been around for a million years before all this alpha hydroxy acids and you know retinol and all mm. this crazy stuff. Um, I was just I just went off on a tangent. I don't remember what you asked well, me. <laughs> you said you were reading the reviews and oh yeah, the but, reviews are uh, incredible and I love. I mean, they're all on my website and then every once in a while I'll pull a really good one. Um, people say, and this is why I bottled it actually. People say somebody d- literally stopped me on the street and said, "Oh my God, you smell so good," <laughs> or somebody stopped me mid sentence and said, "My skin looked amazing," mm-hmm. or you know things like that. And then of course. You know, um, when you could help somebody that maybe has acne or body acne, this girl just sent in this thing about body acne with the Gila oil, which is incredible, um, helps with acne. And, um, I mean, yeah, I could go on and on. It literally melts my heart. I'll be back immediately. Yes. No, you need it. I seriously, I have a couple of them from the event and I have them in like a different purses, so I always make sure to have it with me. <laughs> always smelling good. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it can be so offensive now when I when I'm sitting next to somebody and I smell their perfume and I'm just like, oh, me too. you are rude. Oh. You are a rude person. Why are you wearing perfume that is that aggressive? <laughs> well, and a lot of people don't realize it messes up their entire constitution. Mm-hmm. Their heart could throw their hormones off. You know, ha- they might be having migraines like you did or mm-hmm. other issues and they might not realize it's literally, they're putting it on their pulse points every single mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a clean beauty expert that we're uh, interviewing next. Well, she's a oh, friend of ours, yeah. but, um, she, in talking with her was the first time I really realized that our skin is our largest organ. Yes. I had never thought about deodorant. Okay. Perfume. All of these things are just immediately seeping into your skin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although it's obvious, but it's not though, because that's, you know, it's like we have to be our own advocates and we have to educate ourselves. And why aren't we going to just go after what we've been told our help, our whole lives works? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't stop to question, why is it that I have a, a cleaner for my toilet bowl, a cleaner for my shower, a cleaner for my window, a clean, it's all chemicals. Yeah. It's marketing. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. you know, yeah. and so it's like you can use one product often for multiple uses, whether it's cleaning supplies or it's for your face and, and it's so much better for you and it's, and the environment and the environment. What's better for you is usually better for the environment. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. So I'm curious for the marketing side of things, have you ultimately been able to do that through your own Instagram, through your blog following? How did that work out? Was it seamless to get the product out there or what did that look like? You know, it kind of was because I think when you share from an authentic place, people listen and respond so much better. And I, it was close to my birthday, so I decided to launch it on my birthday. And it was my gift 
to everybody else. So it was kind of a little loophole because I was really the one winning. But, um, uh, you know, marketing is one of the things that I actually do enjoy that part of the business because I'm so... I love curating this brand and this vibe and this optimism and, and connecting it all to everything that has worked for me in my life, yoga, beauty, spirituality, and putting in this nice little package. And for me, that part is, is effortless. And I think, like I said, when you're, when you're going to an, um, from an authentic place, people respond. I know it could get a little fuzzy with Instagram nowadays mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of... Um, people that aren't authentic mm-hmm. uh, and just trying to sell things or they're getting paid to post something and so you kind of have to weed through everything and yeah and make your own judgments yeah for somebody who wants to start their own business you know and it feels like it's so far off or it's so hard or it's going to be this long road like what's something that's helped to keep you grounded you know, I know that you have all these different modalities, but mm-hmm. how do you stay grounded and just focus on your purpose and know that there are going to be ups and downs and, you know, it might be incredible one month and it might be really scary the next. Yeah. I mean, I just do what's in front of me so I don't get mm-hmm. overwhelmed. You know, mm-hmm. if I get an email, I answer it. If I, you know, I just, I do have an order, I do it. Like I just kind of do what's in front of me. And then, um, um, you know, uh, my friend who who was a mentor, my actually Russell Simmons, he said to me, there was this other brand and I felt like they were kind of stealing my vibe and, you know, and he said, it doesn't matter, Jesse, it's not you. And I thought, okay, well, this is one of the great businessmen in the world. And he's saying, you know, and he talked to me, t- told me this whole story about when him and I think it was Jay-Z or something, or Puffy got together and they did this, they were doing the same exact thing, but it was different. Because it was you. And so I always come back to that. Like, there's a million skincare lines now. There's a million people doing their own thing. But nobody's going to do it the way I'm going to do it. No one's going to do it the way you're going to mm-hmm. do it. And so staying in my truth and um, and just doing what's in front of me. Do you find, real quick, how did he come to be your mentor? Yeah. So how did I meet Russell? I don't even... Uh, my agent, actually, back in the day, they were friends. Okay. And we met and we became insta best friends and we practiced yoga together and yeah that's a good one yeah Yeah. that's a good mentor he wrote the forward for my book actually oh wow we'll have to get your book yeah do you have several mentors because i'm we have our own family business that i started with my mom and uh i'm kind of at the point where i feel like there are enough things that i'm realizing i don't know and it would be great to find a mentor and i'm curious if you have any tips for finding one if you have several i have to hear people that I admire have like multiple mentors. You know, I probably need more because sometimes I think I I am so busy on the regular day. I'm just like, I don't have time. I'm just going to like figure it out. Right. Instead of probably reaching out to somebody that already knows the answer. Mm -hmm. But all the people that have become mentors in my life or that I looked up with, they they have literally just come in, Mm -hmm. you know, unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and attract it. And yeah. And you, and I think it's important because I give a lot, so it's important for me to find people that can pour into me, you yeah. know? Yeah, and it's I want to bring back the point that you are a single mom, and you have a son who, how old is he? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. And you're tween. starting... Is what? Tween age? Yeah. yeah. Is that tween? Or is it I don't teen? know. <laughs> like, teen. it's been so long since I, I think it's old. he's older, yeah. Yeah. I love his name, too. 
Um, but I see on Instagram, you're very close and I love that. And I imagine that being a single mom brings you so much closer together. But I think as a fellow entrepreneur, I don't have children yet. And I do look to the future sometimes and think, am I still going to be able to run my business if I choose to have a child, which is so silly because people do it all the time. But sometimes I just think, I can barely fit everything in that I'm doing now as it is and remember to keep my plants alive, um, you know, and make sure that I'm fed. Um, so how does a single mom do it? So how do you, how do you balance it all? And for somebody who has a child and wants to start on their own career path or someone like me who has, um, a business that's going well is a little bit afraid of what it might look like to bring in a child. This is my favorite question. And I'm probably a dangerous person to ask this. (laughs) I have, like, I would say 20 girlfriends that probably had a child because I said (laughs) they come with their own bank accounts. That's, like, what I love telling people. (laughs) When I was pregnant, I was in a place where I didn't expect to get pregnant. Claire was a surprise. I I, I was, like, $30,000 in debt. I was just modeling and spending my money on shoes and purses and I was very selfish and in my own head and whatever and um when I got pregnant I said I like I said I came into my own for the first time all of a sudden my life made sense I had purpose and my midwife said don't worry Jesse babies come with their own bank accounts and I believed her and it's so true I started working more pregnant than I had my entire career and something shifted inside of me before it was like, I'm working to like buy shoes and do whatever. And now mm-hmm. I, I was like, I am doing this because I have a child in me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like when I was going on auditions, I carried this, I carried myself different and I just started booking things. And um, yeah, so I think, and I also think that when it's your own kid, everything shifts. I mean, you know, the pl- I'm a horrible, I kill all plants. I have the <laughs> that worst. Makes so yeah. yeah. So, you know, for me, having Cleo was the best thing. I mean, the best blessing of my entire life. It's and great that you're able to make your products from home too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can be there with him. Yeah. I've always, and that, that's where I'm really lucky too. Cause you know, I am a single mom. His dad is not involved and I don't have family here. So I've always kind of had to figure out things that I could do and, I couldn't have a nine to five. Like who's yeah. going to take, I, I refused. I was like, I'm not going to just put him in childcare or, or, you know, after school programs all the time. I have to figure out a way. So I'm really grateful. Um, and he, he's my motivation. I mean, you know, motherhood is like the coolest. It is. So yeah. I, I want to, I wish I could have had like 10 more kids. Maybe <laughs> I'll have one more. We'll see. I love that. I think that's really helpful. Children come with their own bank account. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, I really like that. I actually heard that not said that way, but my husband and I were chatting with someone who has, like, three kids, and they're like, when are you guys going to have We're not ready yet. And we said, we just have so much going on. He said, timing is never right. When I had my three mm-hmm. kids, he was like, I've never been more successful. I've never worked harder. I've never enjoyed my life more because now I have purpose beyond just myself. Yes. And when it's just about you, yes, it's important to be selfish and take care of yourself. But if you go into a little bit of debt or whatever happens, that's just on you. Yeah. Versus having these lives that depend on you. So I can totally. Well, and you can that. get depressed. Like I remember when I was sick, for instance. A lot of people that are diagnosed with disheartening 
you know, diseases or news, it's, you want to get depressed and, mm-hmm. and you, you could fall into bed and mm-hmm. for days. I couldn't do that. I had to get up and take Cleo to school. Mm. So he's always kept me on my toes, you know, with everything. Like, yeah. I, I don't have room to, you know, fall into these, like, poor me syndromes because I got to take care of him. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Does he help you with uh, your business at all? Sometimes I'll put him to work and have him <laughs> bottle, um, but I haven't okay. recently. He's, you know, he's going through his, his little phase. It was a little hard for me, but I, I actually talked to a couple men that I really admire. And it's normal for boys when they're going through puberty to kind of push away from their mother. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, natural and, yeah. and it makes sense. And so, like you said, we're really close. I'm, I can't even share. He doesn't like me to share as much as I would like to on Instagram. Like, sometimes I wish he was a baby so he had no say. Because <laughs> I would just have a Kaleo page, you know? Yeah. I like, Mom, don't post that. <laughs> um, so he's kind of doing his own thing. And I'm not attached to it at all. I know he'll come back. I mean, Aww. we're still together every day. And he loves, you know, we, he's the sweetest kid. Yeah. But he's with his friends. And he's finding his own way. And he's going through puberty. And he's doing his own thing. So Changing. Yeah. That also gives you some time to have your own thing, too. Yeah. 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 That's good. So, because we are getting a little low on time, we think that you look glowing and beautiful and represent your brand just so perfectly. Yeah. What sort of anti-aging, or I don't like to say anti-aging, actually. I really don't like that phrase. I prefer to say graceful aging. Mm -hmm. Tips do you have for women who are starting to get a little bit older, maybe starting to see some wrinkles, their body's changing, and that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look, look like you're 20, by the way. Yeah, I and just I saw it, not to oust you, but you did post on your Instagram something over 40, or like something about being over 40. Oh, yeah. I like telling people because, I that's you great. know, I have a skincare line, so I think it works in my uh, favorite. It does. <laughs> Definitely. It does. Yeah, but, um, you know... My mom was a huge influence with this as well. You know, she taught me and my sister to take care of our skin at a very early age, you know, just washing it, just little rituals, you know, putting lotion on. We were using horrible stuff back then, like Lancome, I think. But um, just the, just, you know, I believe that energy flows where attention goes. So just giving yourself that little extra love, waking up in the morning. I usually don't wash my face in the morning, actually. I think a lot of people overwash their Mm. face. So I just apply more oil in the morning. It's super dry here. So, you know, we live in a desert, and and there's not, like, humidity, like where I grew up in Chicago or Florida. So you have to, I feel, hydrate even more. At night, I'll spend a little bit more time. Sometimes I'll do, like, a mask, or I'll use my little tool to, like, um, you know, help get the oil in there better. And then, you know, I go against a lot of what people say. I don't believe in sunscreen. I believe in the sun. I try and get at least 30 minutes a day without sunscreen mm-hmm. and, um, eating good, a variety of fruits and vegetables all the time. I think that's something that people miss out on. I know we're all on the celery juice bandwagon. That's the only thing that I'm consistent with. The rest of my meals, I try and rotate vegetables. Mm. So I don't eat arugula every single Mm -hmm. day. I switch it all up and I'm gonna give a little throw out here for Imperfect Produce Box Mm -hmm. is so great. I love Imperfect. Yes, because for multiple reasons, but it kind of takes the leg work out because otherwise you're gonna go to the store every other day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you know, the, the happiness part, it's so huge. And embracing yourself. I think where we miss fire is when we're trying to do something that somebody else is doing or being something else. Like as soon as you're within your own body and on your own path, everything else, it doesn't matter really what you're using on your skin or, or anything else. You really attain this inner glow. Yeah. And um, I try and use the product to get people there. I kind of go around the other way. But um, yeah, those are my little anti-aging. And just those embracing it. Like I'm excited I'm 40. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. it's like, hell yeah. So, Especially, my mom had me at 40 or 41. Uh, really? Yeah, she was yeah. 38 when she had me and 41 when she had her. That's inspiring. So, she's yeah. 71, mm-hmm. and she looks incredible. And this year, we've been really trying to get her to be proud of how old yeah. she is. Yeah. Because she looks so great. And she whenever looks- people hear it, they're like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Like, the whole room is just like, what? Because she speaks on panels and... Um, you know, but I think it's been really hard for her to see herself aging. Yeah. And even though she looks incredible and nobody thinks that she looks her age, she doesn't feel the same. And so it's hard. She says like, it's hard to look at you girls and to see myself when I was that age, you know, and then to look in the mirror and it's like, I feel the same way, but I don't look the same way. And you start to get more wrinkles and, and I can imagine, I don't know what you're going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, that's inevitable. That's a part of aging that's like, exactly. at that point, you know, as you get closer to 80, 90, it's not going to, it is going to change significantly. But I think when I look at my mom and the fact she had us so late and it's just like, we need to all rethink what we think about aging and what each age is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. There is no definite, you know, there, there's no parameters for it. It's how we, how you live your life individually is how you age and, um, and also, yeah, just the kids thing too. It's like you can, well, I guess it definitely becomes more difficult, but you can have kids like maybe that's kind of my goal. It's like people do put pressure around like when are you going to have kids, but need a little more time. Mm-hmm. And my mom showed me that you can, there are yeah. you know, ways to do it. And then in addition to that, she's got this new career now at 70, 71. So it's, I love that. yeah. It's, yeah. And she's. Yeah, I mean, I think having children later almost kept her young. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what it is, talking about, like, positive mindset. Like, if you tell somebody you have cancer and you're going to die in three weeks, there's studies that the people actually are more likely to die in three yeah. weeks because mm-hmm. you accept it. Yeah. And it's like, if you look at 40 and you go, oh, my God, I'm 40, I'm so old, da 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 and you have this, like, I've decided I'm aging backwards like that is what I'm doing yes. myself like I feel better I'm in my body I know who I am like and it's just gonna get better and better and better Definitely. and um that's what I'm telling myself well and so it's it working it's working for you <laughs> yeah it's definitely working for you um well we have some quick fire questions oh, that we cool. want to get into to sort of round out the episode then we ask these questions of everybody yeah I love that yeah uh so first question how do you describe your personal mission just maybe briefly in a few sentences and kind of what drives you my mission is to just be the light whenever I'm around people I want them to say I felt good when I was around her and she inspired or sparked something within myself and um I try and do that through everything that I do whether it's I'm driving and I smile at somebody might ship their entire life or I'm making a product and shipping it or I'm, you know, talking to hundreds of people. Wow. That's great. 
What is the health trend or product you're loving right now? And let's not say celery <laughs> juice. <laughs> the health trend? Um, well, Restore. I'm back on Dr. Zach Bush. He actually just changed it today to Ion Biome. But it's a mineral supplement that they get from the soil deep in the earth. And it, um, so it's like a prebiotic versus a probiotic. Okay. Highly recommend this. You take it three times a day, you add it to your water, life-changing. And after I've done so much research and I got to interview him, um, everybody should be taking this. What's life-changing? Because life -changing? our soil is so depleted. So he gets all the nutrients from deep in the ground and you basically are able to put it back into your system. We're missing all of this and this is what connects all the cells together and helps fend away all the diseases and cancer and all this stuff. I'm going to go on a tangent really quick because this is so cool what he shared. He said, cancer is the loneliest cell in the body. It's detached from all the other cells. And when we go at it with like chemo or drugs and we want to fight it, we go to war with it, what it does is it gets bigger. What we have to do is we have to love it back into our bodies and let it go basically be with the other cells mm -hmm. and then it goes away. So this Restore Ion Biome, they changed the name today, um, is my favorite supplement and I tell everybody that they need it. It's the one thing that I tell my, I make my family take. I put it right next to the water filter so that they have to add it. Where do you get it? Yeah. You can get it online. Um, well, if you go to Dr. Zach Bush, I, they'll have a link because they just changed the name today. So I don't know what the new website I is. I feel like everyone just needs to check him out because you've said... He, yeah. I think he's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize and probably be the most, one of the most important people of our lifetime. Wow. Yeah. He'll go down in history. For Thank sure. you for that. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, sorry. If you were to force, if you were forced to let go of all of your possessions tomorrow and had to keep one thing, what would you keep and not a phone, computer, person? Or pet. Oh. <laughs> what would I keep? You know what? I'm so detached from everything, guys. You could just be Your free. Golden secret? Yeah, that's the only thing that came to my head was the heal all oil. Because I talk about if I was stranded on a desert island, the one thing there I would go. bring is the heal all oil because it works for everything. Perfect. Yeah. You'd be like Wilson <laughs> if you're at whale. Yeah. <laughs> Except a lot sexier. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I mean, just hair and oil. Yes. If you could give listeners one productivity hack, what would it be? I think I shared a little bit of this before, but to just do what's right in front of you. So if you get an email, answer it. If somebody calls you, call them back. Don't add it to the list. Just do it as it comes. Okay. That's a good one. What are you most excited about right now in your business? And is there anything you'd like to sort of promote in, in general? Um, I'm bringing back, I've had a, a, a product that's been out of stock for like six months because it's basically the entire line. It's called the Be Golden Ritual Kit. And I'm writing an ebook that goes with it with, all, with the purpose and the ritual for each product to break it down and show you how useful one product is and how many different ways you can use it. And it's really a whole experience, you know. So I'm going to be launching that probably next week. Um, and I think just the golden secrets in general. I'm always sharing stuff, you know. Yeah, where can people find you? Um, Instagram is where I'm most active, Jesse Golden, and then the goldensecrets.com. And it's J-E-S-S-E-G-O-L-D-E-N. 
Yes. Yeah. Great. Aww. Thank you so Thanks. much for being Thanks. here. We could talk to you forever. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> happy to hear your whole story. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that episode with Jesse Golden. We'd love to know what you think. If you can leave a comment on our latest Instagram post about this episode or take a screenshot of the episode, share on your Instagram stories and tag us at solo 2.0 podcast. We'd love to see it, hear your thoughts, and we will share it as well. Yeah. And if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe on iTunes or anywhere podcasts can be downloaded and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring on guests you're excited about and so that we can reach more people and grow this community. And remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time. Bye.